you know, whenever we do tunes that have lots of um, sacred language, I always want to do like a Cliff Notes interpretation because we come in from so many different backgrounds, right? So many different worldviews, so many different cosmologies of thought. And uh, I just ha I noticed the one in me that's like wanting to interpret for all of humanity. So know that this is a community that really does honor all paths, and we trust that there is something in you that knows what's most true for you, and that you are incredibly capable, you have incredible agency to take what you like and leave the rest. So uh, this is a place and space that really lets the dogma and the doctrine fall away, presents something called mental science, such that you may know yourself as a creative capacity in this dimension of reality, and again, um, I hope that it stirs in you and gives you an expanded sense of what's possible in this dimension of reality. So uh, welcome to Bodhi Chicago. We have an incredible youth and family program for young people ages zero to 18. Our teens are preparing to go away on winter freedom camp for Martin Luther King weekend. I wanna thank this community for being incredibly generous by underwriting 10 of our teens such that they can participate. Thank you for being a community of generosity. And uh, if you know young people that are in your world or if you know families that are looking for a place and space to lean into, consider this place. I will tell you on New Year's Eve, my 21-year-old said to me, so are we gonna like make vision boards? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. And then on New Year's Day, it softened a little bit, and it was like, so are we gonna make vision boards? And I was like, yeah, of course. Of course we're gonna make vision boards. When your 21-year-old is asking you, are we gonna make vision boards, all of a sudden it becomes the next hot thing to do. And so she's like, that's fine, I'll go to the store and get magazines. And so, <laughs> For three hours, we ordered Indian food, and my 21-year-old, my 18-year-old, my 10-year-old, and my six-year-old sat at the dining room table with my husband and I, and we made vision boards while we listened to like Travis Scott and A Tribe Called Quest, and it was like very enlightened music. And uh, you know, it really just speaks to the power of having a community that creates a context and a container for, in my case, you know, to raise my children in a particular way. So I just thank you, Bodhi community, for being a place and space that has supported me, not only as a leader on the planet, but as a mother, as a parent, as a partner. Happy New Year, and thanks for being here to kick off this year together. So I do want to do a little bit of interpretation, because, you know, we've heard this word God so many times already this morning. And many of you know I have a sensitivity around that word because it it provokes so much. And I think it's a word that has been misused and abused and um, misinterpreted. And you know, so I just wanna provide a little bit of context. If that word is something that doesn't sit right for you. Um, in the opening tune, that tune is called Om Shanti. And Om is the sacred sound of humanity. Shanti is the word for peace. And so 
the premise in which we've constructed this community around is that you are the individualized manifestation of that which we call God, spirit, life. You are the individualized demonstration of this vast and holy universe. And so if you are still in the process of deconstructing the word God, or if that word doesn't work for you at all, just allow the sonic vibration to move you. And if there's some place or space in you that that word still pushes a button, perhaps take it as an invitation to deeper inquiry. You know, like what is that wound that may still exist in me? I don't have a lot of attachment to that word because I think it, it can sometimes make things more difficult for people. Um, but I wanna create the understanding for what we mean when we use that word here. What we would say is that you are the presence of God. There is no separate thing outside of you that is pulling the puppet strings of your life. There is your essence, and in this dimension of reality, there is your ego. And we have become very seduced by the ego construct, by the identity construct, and so much so that we think that's the realest thing around. The ego is a very useful tool, but when you think you are your ego, you will experience great suffering. When you start to notice I can utilize my ego, I can lean into my ego, how big of an ego does one have to have to stand up here each week and suggest that several hundred people want to hear what you have to say? <laughs> the ego serves one. You know, your ego will move you. Your identity will move you. It's just not the all of who you are. It's not the truth of who you are. It's like an outfit that you put on in this dimension of reality. So Bodhi is a center for consciousness. What do we mean when we say consciousness? We mean mental awareness, the ability to witness oneself. What self do you speak of? Well, if we were to capitalize the self, we would be speaking of your essence, your God body. If we were to keep it as a lowercase s, we would be talking about your ego construct, your identity. The great desire is just to be able to witness which one is running the show. You know, in our conscious leadership program, we talk a lot about personas. Personas are the nuances of the ego construct, the nuances of the identity construct. And what we talk a lot about is the ability to put on the persona such that you can use it versus the persona playing you. When you fall asleep to your whole and holy nature and you think you are your persona, perhaps your persona shows you've made up of thousands of personas that were constructed primarily in your first six years of life, all as coping mechanisms to navigate whatever your family of origin and the world that you were born into looks like. So I have, um, one that Tony, our director of youth and family, calls Lit Lola. <laughs> and Lit Lola's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and sometimes people will experience Lit Lola. And, and I was told recently, like, 
honey, I think you've had a mental breakdown. And I was like, what? No, that was just lit Lola. She was just coming out to play. And I was just channeling her. And my practice of being able to witness myself gives me freedom to allow that one to come forward and not to be in the trance of her. Look, there are times when I'm in the trance of her. That particular moment was not a trance moment. That was an intentional awake state of lit Lola coming forward, being of high and holy service to the room. But to develop a muscle such that you can discern and determine when you're being played by your ego or when you're playing with your ego. Very big distinction. So, <laughs> I love this. This, this, this uh, wisdom is always stirring in me. And, you know, it... It's oftentimes cited in the Science of Mind textbook written by a really brilliant philosopher that came, uh, you know, wrote several books in the 20s and 30s and 40s. And um, he speaks a lot about you are the God presence whose center is everywhere and circumference is nowhere. Like the presence of God is in all things. It has no beginning and no end. He did not come up with that context. It's very ancient. And when you, when you Google uh, God whose center is everywhere and circumference is nowhere, about a dozen people are taking credit for that one. <laughs> so I just decided to go to the oldest one. All right? It's a German theologian. His name is Nicholas of Cusa. God is a circle whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. So to have a center for consciousness is to be a center that's curious in an awakened state, to have the capacity to witness oneself. Our series this month is titled, It's All About You. The most sacred purpose that you have on the planet is to get deeply curious about you. The deeper your relationship is with yourself, the greater you can move on the planet. Do you have anyone in your life, or perhaps you are this person in your life, that is really skilled at pointing out all of the problems of others? <laughs> like, very skilled. I have a particularly strong muscle in this one. <laughs> Let me just provide an analysis for all of life. I can play with that one. That analysis is all comprised on the projection of your world of beliefs. So that which you are seeing out in the world of form is your cosmology of feelings, opinions, memories, beliefs, and thoughts that gets projected onto the movie screen of life. The movie screen of life then sends back the message and you have something called perception. So my talk this morning is titled The Power of Perception. Perception is that which you interpret through sensory information. So your perception is developed 
by your central nervous system, that which you see, that which you smell, that which you hear, that which you taste. And it filters through a cosmology of thoughts, feelings, beliefs, memories, opinions. And the extent to which we can understand that life is a projection that is mirroring back to us and then being interpreted through our perception, two words that you can play with this month, projection and perception. If you walk on the planet with great curiosity, how is that which is occurring a projection? And then how am I 100% responsible for the perception that I take? So I've had a couple experiences recently where I've gotten some feedback from people and it seemed benign. Like, Paul, if you don't mind, I called Paul and I said, you're really brilliant. He is really brilliant. Paul is one of those people where it's like, don't say anything stupid around Paul. <laughs> because he's just gonna be like. <laughs> and he doesn't always make the move, but you can see it, right? Gina, you know, that's his wife. She knows what I'm talking about. So I called Paul and I'm like, you know, I know you're really brilliant and I know you witness all kinds of things going on around here. And um, I would just love your feedback on some things. And he said, he said many things, we had a wonderful conversation, but he said this one line, and I don't think he understood what a powerful metaphor it was for me in my life. He said, my experience is, in an effort to be inclusive, in an effort to be open and affirming, in our rundowns before service, I experience inefficiency. And I was like, now you might be like, and I get it. What's the big deal? But what he was pointing to for me, now here's where the opportunity is. People will say all kinds of things to you. And you can either get defensive and get irritable and explain how that's not accurate. And if Paul only understood what I really am trying to create here, he would get the world of it. And then, of course, he would have a healing around the perception of inefficiency, and he would realize, Lola, Lola's brilliant. I had no idea what she was creating. But if I see Paul as a reflection of my consciousness, here to be a conduit for my learning, my growth. He is my greatest ally. How, how could he not be? He is before me. So if he is my great ally, then I listen intently and go, how is this for me? How is what Paul's saying true? And I've been sitting with that over the last several days, asking myself, where do I bleed energy? Where do I bleed time? One way that I bleed time is I take more than 100% responsibility for other people's experiences. And in an effort to be accommodating, I create inefficiency. Now I share that story with you not to get into the content of the story. Like some of you might be sitting here being like, well, perhaps I should attend the rundown and then perhaps I could help Lola with some efficiency tools and then she would have a greater experience. And no, 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 no. The point is, there are voices in your world that can seem sort of like a pebble in a shoe. You really have two primary choices. One is to say, not of service to me, moving on. Keep them moving. The other is to say, how is this for me? How is this for me and how can I be quick in my learning? 
another person recently said to me, like, I know you think you're up to some big things, but you're really not. That's my cliff notes, okay? They might be like, that is not at all what I said. But that's how I heard it. I heard it like, I know you think you're up to some big things, you're a big deal, but like, you're really not. And I was like, they're right. They are right. I am a legend in my own mind. What am I really here to be up to on the planet? I'd like you to bring to your mind's eye in this moment something that has been said to you recently that was like an ouch where you are. What has someone said to you recently that it, it has like an ouch? I'm gonna invite you to take a, take a deep breath and close your eyes for a moment. If there isn't something recent, I bet you could access one from some point in your decades of existence. Someone said something, and it had an ouch. What is the gift in that? Not from a place in space of self-loathing, but from a place in space of curiosity. How is this one before you that delivered this bit of wisdom? Look, it's all about you. So take a deep breath and open your eyes. God is a circle whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. If, in fact, we are walking on the planet as God meeting God meeting God meeting God meeting God meeting God, and I go to Paul and I make an inquiry, and then he delivers some wisdom, how can I take what I like and leave the rest? How can I walk on the planet from a place of openness and curiosity, sucking the marrow out of life? This is my movie. This is your movie. You're projecting all kinds of stories. The power of perception is in your hands. It's your narrative. You get to decide what is true and what is not true. So, beautiful book. It's called You Are Always Your Own Experience. It's by Tom Johnson. I don't even think it's in print anymore. But this is why you want to keep folks in your life that are of, of high service to you. Because you'll find resources that you otherwise may not have had access to. So, you know, for me, Galen McDowell is a great, great fellow traveler. He'll be here next week. And, you know, we, we share resources all the time. And I was out at Christ Universal Temple a few months ago, and they were having a used book sale. And I love walking through their bookstore with him. And he'll be like, this, this, this. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So you are always your own experience. Tom Johnson says, the more you are self-aware and realize the power of your awareness, the more you function as a great and unlimited power in the world. As you are self-aware, you dare to assert yourself. Be the God self in action. Notice the word self is capitalized. The more you are self-aware. This is not saying the more you are aware of your limited sense of self. This is actually saying the more you calibrate with the essence of who you are, the more you recalibrate with the power of who you are, the more you recalibrate 
with the God body that is you. You are God made manifest. That tune that Simbert sang said, you are the source of your own salvation. No one is coming to save you. It's you. You're the one you've been waiting for. Maya Angelou said that. You are the one. You are the one. Just place your hand on your heart for a moment. You might say to yourself, I am the source of my salvation. Isn't there a little one in all of us that wishes someone else would save us? I mean, I love the knight in shining armor. It would just be so much simpler, we think. Because if you are saved by another, your source of security, approval, and control is always externalized. The locus of control is always beyond your capacity to influence. That line of thinking, two, twofold. One, perhaps you could argue, just came about in the evolution of human consciousness, where we, it seemed like, I don't understand the mystery of the world, so it must be that there's something out here pulling the puppet strings of life. That is perhaps the evolution of human consciousness. Another theory, though, equally true, is imagine that if we keep folks disempowered and victimized at the effect of their circumstances and conditions, they will always need us. And then we create value. We become their source. It's all about you. You are the source of your own salvation. The power lies in your perception. Life is always providing you with stimulus. And then there's a filter of thought through which you get to decide how the story goes. When this community was in significant levels of transition six years ago, the predictable future is that it would close. That was the predictable future. The financials suggested it. The state of the community suggested it. It was on very, very dicey ground. And you want to know what happened? A few people dug in, hunkered down, and said that is not the truth of who we are. A few people said, no, no, that's not going to be true. We are here for something more. We are here to be a catalyst, a conduit. Each of us had been influenced and impacted in incredible ways by the capacity of a conscious community to come together, transcend dogma and doctrine, and stir people into an awareness of who they are. That's a big deal. That matters. And in 2018, that intention came to full fruition such that we exceeded our historic uh, trends of giving. Why? Because a few people said they were more willing to invest in possibility than probability. It's all about you. What limitations are you imposing on yourself? What stories have you already written an ending for? There is a self in you 
that is greater than this dimension of reality, greater than the finite capacity to create. When you tap into that one, you can move mountains. When you tap into that one, you can experience a life that does not make sense. Logic only serves us so much. Would you be willing to play in the land of possibility? Would you be willing to play in the land of imagination? Would you be willing to create? Be like little children. Be like little children. In the Christian Bible, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This is where we got a little wonky. We thought that was a geography. There is not a location called the kingdom of God. You're it. It's now. I was talking to someone just the other day, and they said, the choice exists for me to experience heaven or hell. And I said to them, like, right now, right? And they're like, yeah. And they said, you know, I know some uh, old people I used to date that I could create hell with in a nanosecond. Good awareness. The kingdom of God is here now to the extent that you are able to realize it. The most sacred service you could give to humanity is to become intimately familiar with your interior. Because the well-being of your interior space is being projected on all of humanity, and then we are playing out storylines of hurt. If I take 100% responsibility for my internal state, for my well-being, that doesn't mean I live a life free of conflict. That means that I don't lose my footing as easily when conflict arises. That means that I don't become a slayer of the one before me. It just means I become conscious of what's true on planet Lola. In this book, You Are Always Your Own Experience, Tom Johnson goes on to say, you can never do anything about someone else. That is the good news and the bad news. <laughs> you remember that one who would like to provide a hefty analysis for all of humanity? It's, it's, it's very discerning, it's very wise. It, if humanity would only just listen to the guidance of my intuitive knowing, that which I see in the landscape, <laughs> suffering would be over. That is the healthy ego <laughs> playing. But the fact of the matter is, you can do nothing about another one. One of the great bits of wisdom from the 12 steps, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. God, where? God, right here. Lola, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Lola. <sighs> Self. 
Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. It's all about you. The power of projection. Life is feeding back to you that which you put out. So if you want to experience something new in 2019, 2019 is not magical. Nothing new is occurring when the sun goes down one day. It's just a little mental hack to create the perception of a new beginning. So let's play with the hack. A new beginning is here. Take a deep breath. Oh my gosh, a new beginning is here. A new 2019 is here. It is. Holy smokes. I can be free. It was as true yesterday as it was today. But we'll tap into the collective consciousness and create something new. What you are resisting is maintained in your experience. It is maintained because it has your attention. What you give your attention to is always what you experience. What you are resisting is maintained in your experience. It is maintained because it has your attention. What you give your attention to is always what you experience. That right there could be the single guideline for living in this dimension of reality. I have responsibility for the life that I create. I can get fixated on that which serves and supports my higher self, capital S, coming forward, or I can get fixated on that which is not working. The fixation on that which is not working, another skill I have very well developed, the fixation on that which is not working will create more of what? That which is not working. Your mind is like a little computer. It's not personal to you. It's just like input in, input out. Input in, input out. So my mind is projecting. It's filling back to me that which I've put out, and now I have the choice to perceive it. If I had heard Paul's feedback, like, oh gosh, something's wrong. This is not good. This is not good. Inefficiency. Inefficiency. I mean, first of all, what's hysterical is you should know my fixation about inefficiency. So the fact that Paul used the word inefficient is comical, of which he knows nothing about. There is only one life. That life is the infinite. That life is my life now. Paul is a projection of my mind's eye delivering back to me fodder, which I can use as wonderful, rich ingredient, or I can dispose of and be at the effect of. Choice is yours. So Michael Beckwith, you've heard me say before, was here February 15th and 16th of 2007. And I'm going to figure out a way. I'm really sure it's not that difficult. 
but to get you the recording of the night he was here. It was one of the most powerful talks I've ever heard. Now, what's true is it was a complete projection of where I was. So you might listen to it and be like, I don't get it. <laughs> but to me, it was a big deal. So we'll see. But he said something that night that he doesn't remember saying, I have it on recording, and now I think he sort of worked it into his shtick. <laughs> have dominion over your awareness and you'll have dominion over your destiny. That was a game changer when I heard him say that. Have dominion over your awareness and you will have dominion over your destiny. That which is unique in the human experience is the capacity to witness oneself, to be able to watch and the extent to which you can play with awareness, consciousness. It is our great burden and our great delight. Have you ever had the thought where you wish you didn't witness yourself? <laughs> it's like, shh, please, please, please. It's a great, great gift. So as we move into this 2019, I ask you to be a community of people that take radical responsibility for your projections. Be a community of people that take radical responsibility for the world that you're walking in. Because there's no one else. It's you. You're the one. If something bothers you, it's likely placed on your heart to be part of the solution. If something bothers one that does not bother you, rest easy. Rest easy. It's not yours this lifetime. That is not a way of absolving ourselves of personal responsibility. All right, so let's take a deep breath and go into a practice of self-awareness. Let us sit in meditation for a moment together and just witness the mind, witness the breath. It's all about you. See if you'd be willing to hold that lightly. If you attach on to that from your ego identity, it will feel heavy, it will feel burdensome. If you rest easy in the knowing that you are one with all that is, that you are the infinite made manifest, you are a channel of all that is high and holy, you can rest easy in the notion that it's all about you. I lay down the heavy lifting. I allow myself to be filled up. For I am a channel. I am a conduit. become wildly curious about the realm of projection and the power of perception. I am far less interested in conversation that doesn't serve humanity. I am far less interested in focusing on my limitations, on scarcity, on woundedness. I 
I rest easy in this now moment and trust that any trauma that I have experienced up to this now moment may be used, transformed into sacred service. Resisting nothing, I affirm that the challenges before me are great gifts for there is only one life that life is infinite. That life is perfect. That life is my life now. I release the need to fix, manage, and control others. I turn my gaze inward and trust that there is a divine order to all of life, that each being on the planet is on their own soul's journey. you to take a deep breath in, recognizing that there is a power and presence for good in this vast and holy universe. It is who I am. It is what I am. It is uniquely expressing in, through, and as each of us. We are portals. We are channels for the infinite to come into this dimension of reality to press through. And so it is from this place of oneness that I know and affirm a higher idea, a higher self, the presence of love fully actualized, fully realized, that I lay down my addiction to suffering and struggle, that I move with curiosity knowing that life is for me, that there is a gift in all people, places, and things. I give great thanks for the fulfillment of this word. I absolutely know it is done. I rest easy in the I am presence. I invite you to take another deep breath in through your nose. Your shoulders fall, belly soften, and exhale. I invite you to go ahead and open your eyes and just begin to look around and notice the divinity that is all around, the high and holy nature.